Happy Old Geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hey, Brian. Hey, Jason. We are back. So, before we get going, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to all of our new listeners. We have uh, we got a ton of new listeners this week, and uh, I just want to say hello, everybody. Welcome. Hi. How's it going? I did uh, something a little crafty last last week. <laughs> I have to admit it. Um, so, I don't know if you noticed what the title of last week's episode was. Uh, I did. I thought that was quite uh, amusing. Yeah. Well, you know what. <laughs> It, uh, I'm going to coin a new term today. I'm going to call it brown hat SEO <laughs> because my white hat turned brown when I shit myself when it actually worked. Well, there's <laughs> if, you, if there's, you do a search on Google for best tech podcast, we're in the first page of results. I know. I thought that was quite hilarious. And, uh, you know, there's a reason there's all those stupid little uh, SEO experts out there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this just seemed like a no brainer. I, I couldn't come up with a title for the episode, so I was playing around and said, yeah, what the hell? See if it works. You know what we should call this episode? What? The second best podcast ever. <laughs> we'll just go down the list. <laughs> that just means our, our show's just going to get worse over time. Well, that, yeah. Sorry, new people. <laughs> that might be the way it goes. <laughs> Man. Uh, so I want to do a little follow-up from uh, last week. Okay. I think it was last week. I mentioned uh, Human, one of the uh, fitness apps yeah, that I we- got a beta for. Mm-hmm. And I, I said it was human.io. I was wrong. That's an old project that Josh Schechter did after he left uh, Yahoo, and it got bought by Walmart, so it doesn't even exist anymore. The actual URL was human.co. Right. Yeah, I took a look at that uh, from when he put it in the notes. And, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about all these apps, and there's there's tons of them, obviously, and they all kind of vaguely do about the same thing. Uh, this one looks like the kind of idiot's version. Just make yeah, sure you get just- up and walk 30 minutes every day, and then it pats you on the back. That's exactly it. And, I mean, none of these apps do what they're supposed to do, I think. No. Go, buy some hard, go buy some hardware, dedicated hardware. And, you know, some year down the line when the, the phones get better, yeah. then maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen or the iWatch will come out and it'll have everything that you need in it. Who knows? But for now, fuck the apps. Skip them. Move on. It seems to be. I mean, I'm still using the Moves app, but I'm not expecting it to be perfect. It's just fun for me to see how many steps approximately I'm taking, and it does the biking thing. Um, you know, as far as you, you're a Fitbit guy, um, you know, I got uh, one of those. Um, oh, crap. What? I always forget it. The the watch thing. The basis? Basis. I got a, a basis for my brother-in-law. So when I was uh, in Toronto, he was trying it out. Um, you know, everybody has complaints about everything. None of these devices is perfect. Uh, he said it's a really, that the watch itself kind of lags on things. It doesn't keep up with like your, your heart rate very well. And, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, basically, who needs perfect tracking anyways? You just want to get a rough idea of what you're doing and make sure that you're staying active. Yeah, and if something is inaccurate, you want it to be consistently inaccurate. Exactly, you know? I agree with that. And actually, the um, the app that I'm using, Moves, pushed out an update. And uh, this week, I've done, well, since I got back from Toronto, I've done my bike ride every single day, and it's a lot more accurate. Now, instead of being like 8 miles to 13 miles, 10.8, 10.9, 11.1. So, it, it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Dialing in. Yeah. Now, speaking of apps, uh, mm-hmm. last week, you were going to uh, grab a copy of Plants vs. Zombie 2. Yes, uh, and I did. I, I grabbed that uh, thanks to uh, LAX's new free wireless, if you watch an ad, which Adblocker conveniently blocks for you. Um, so I downloaded it while I was sitting waiting for my flight. Now, to uh, you new listeners, I am not a gamer. I have never been a gamer. Uh, the last time that I was intricately involved in any sort of game was Spy Hunter. Uh, with the quarters at Disneyland when I was 11. Um, I, I just, I'm not into it. Um, 
So I downloaded it on Jason's recommendation, Plants vs. Zombies 2, and uh, I immediately got hooked on it for about three days and then deleted it because I couldn't handle it sucking up my time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the life cycle of a game on iOS. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to play. I was definitely getting into it. Um, I definitely see how these people make money because the upsells are ridiculous everywhere throughout the game. Um, I was even tempted to just like, oh, screw this. I'll just spend two bucks to be able to get that cool flower that I haven't seen yet. Uh, but eventually I was just like, eh, okay, this is now starting to get really boring. <laughs> yeah, I played it all the way through. No, no, no payments. No, no cheating, as I like to call it. I, I got, um, to, I got to the end of the Egypt level until I realized that I would have to go back and replay a bunch of levels to get stars to be able to move forward. And at that point, I was just like, "Nope, done." <laughs> so you didn't get to play the pirates? Nope, oh, never man. played the pirates. Uh, the pirates are fun. Oh well. Okay, well, <laughs> but you know, games are fun. That's what uh, they're good for. They're good for burning time. I definitely got that, and I find you know, for the first time ever, I think I kind of felt the allure that that all you crazy gamers feel about this sort of stuff. Um, I was well into it, uh, particularly the entire flight. Instead of because it was the same damn movies I'd already seen, so I played it almost the entire flight. Battery drain, ridiculous on that oh, yeah, game. Yeah, though. Yeah. Oh my god, it's, it's I just watched on it. Battery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but still, it's it's fun. It's fun stuff. Yeah, and speaking of follow-ups and, and battery drain, and, and we'll get back to this a little bit later due to one of the comments of the week, I, I was using that USB power stick uh, during my travels. Worked a charm. Fantastic. I, I love those damn things, so I hope you ordered yours. Oh, and uh, just a little bit of follow-up on that. Mm-hmm. I went back to the site with the link that we posted last time for mm-hmm. the peoples, um, and at nomorack.com. Yeah. They still have tons of them. So I basically what they're using is like, uh, what do they call it in the pickup, the, the pickup world, the false time constraint or the, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, or the whatever, um, the hell is it? Uh, it's like scarcity. Basically. Yeah, it's, false, it's false scarcity. False scarcity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all the sites use it now. It's like two more minutes and then you're done. I mean, you know, that started with like home shopping network and crap like that. So, oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Popeil, order now, order in the next five minutes and get, get a second one free. Yeah. All those sites do it. I, you know, it, if you're an idiot and you fall for them, I, I I think I even said on the last podcast it'll probably still be up there, and it is. Yep. So so everybody, I, so far a weekend using it, traveling, um, worked great and saved my bacon a couple times. So and I'm still waiting for mine. It, it chipped, but it's not here yet. Yeah, yeah, it took a little while for mine to get to me too, but um, so far loving it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, I, I I have to go back on something I said last time too, which was the. Um, on my development cycle, when I got all those IE images for parallels for a modern.ie, yeah, and I and I said, oh, you still have to update them all. Well, you don't because <laughs> you want the old version because it has the old browser that you're going to be testing against. When you update it, it updates everything to IE nine, which completely defeats the point of it. So I had to go back, <laughs> re-download all the images, and keep them clean. So yeah, don't 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 be an idiot like I am. And just because you're used to upgrading or updating all your software. Which most people aren't anyway, so I guess that's I'm an outlier on that one. <laughs> no, I do uh, it too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always update, and actually, I read a really interesting article about why that we're wasting so much time and bandwidth updating apps on our phones we never use. <laughs> but I'm addicted to seeing that when I see that little update thing, I go in and I update the app, whether I've touched it in like a year or not. Yeah, this is a really weird thing with iOS seven too, because it auto updates. You never have to do that anymore. Oh, really? Except in iTunes, when you go into iTunes, mm-hmm. the little thing pops up saying that there are apps that need to be updated. So hopefully when they release the new iTunes, when iOS 7 comes out, they'll take that out. Yeah. Because be it's nice. really annoying because it just it, 
I mean, it's a nice little reminder to sync your phone because yeah. it'll then it'll just update it in iTunes. But the fact that I don't have to go in and update my apps manually anymore, <laughs> I mean, it was great last on iOS 6 when they said, oh, well, you don't need a password to update your apps anymore. That was like, oh, no-brainer. Thank you, finally, after five generations of typing in my password every time yeah. no, to automatically update my phone. But it's, it's really nice now. I just notice new features pop up on apps. It's like, oh, that's new. <laughs> When's that's that happen? Pre- that's pretty good. I mean, I suppose because Apple has such a strict QC policy on, on apps and even updates, you never have to worry about getting a push, getting pushed a bad update or anything, which is, you know, as, as, uh, <laughs> as all of us Windows users know, you want to wait about a week and a half before you ever install a Microsoft update because chances are they fucked it up the first time and it's going to kill your computer. So... I, I'm always leery of automatic updates, but hey, you know, it's Apple. They seem to know what they're doing with that stuff. Yeah, I've only gotten bitten once by doing the update too fast with Apple. And I used to run PGP. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, PGP kind of lagged. And I updated my OS. And uh, PGP wasn't compatible with that OS and basically bricked my whole machine. It took me a day of, like, serious hacking and tinkering to finally be able to boot back in and downgrade. Oh, it was a mess. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's really nice to just have the auto update. So, I, I recommend when as soon as this comes out, hopefully next week, uh, if you've got an iPhone that supports it, upgrade to it because it's been the new release of it has been stellar. I love it. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to getting the update, and I think it is going to be next week. I was hearing a lot of scuttlebutt about that. So, well, the tenth is the the tenth is the um, announcement. Right. So that's that's locked in stone. But I read that. Um, Apple has uh, canceled vacations, I believe it's the 17th through the 23rd, <laughs> for all the geniuses at the stores and all the support personnel. Uh, so expect it to drop probably the 17th, I'm guessing a week from the announcement. Probably, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's why it's, it's been a good week so far. I'm digging it. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah. Hello, all you new listeners. And this is uh, the little segment where we talk about shit you haven't heard yet. Yeah, <laughs> go back and yeah. go back and uh, catch the reruns. Catch the yeah, exactly. Command of the week. A big, huge, gigantic shout out to Melissa Wagoner who uh, went to our site and then told us that our donate button wasn't working, and uh, then explained that it was probably because of IE. At which point, I just scoffed and went, uh, IE? Who the hell uses IE? Um, but then she was actually right, and it wasn't working for anyone, so we got to fix that. And as soon as we did, she gave us a very generous donation to help keep our uh, podcast flowing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was very, very generous of you. We, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yes, we really do. You paid for some hosting for a bit and some bandwidth, and uh, we're quite happy about that. So like I said, I've, we've, we've talked a lot about this. We're not really doing it to make money, although that would be nice. We do love covering our costs and uh, very appreciated. So if you're enjoying us, feedback is great. Cash is even better. <laughs> and five stars on iTunes uh, somewhere in the middle. Yes, that too. <laughs> so we got another little bit of feedback from longtime listener uh, Mike Vinicor, a.k.a. Yes. MXV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that uh, you owe the uh, listeners an apology from last week's uh, comment about Pigface saying that Al Jorgensen was in the band. Uh, I'll apologize to the one listener who knows what Pigface is, and that'd be you. Uh, but. <laughs> It's true, Al Jorgensen was never in the band, but to be fair, Pigface never would have existed without Al Jorgensen. The entire touring band he put together for the Ministry Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste tour basically formed Pigface after the tour ended. So he brought them all together, they started playing around during sound checks, they started writing a bunch of the songs during sound checks. Meh, 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 whatever. (laughs) 
Uh, so take that, I guess. So take that. I mean, you're technically you're right, but uh, you know, I'm also not going to argue about a band that from 20 years ago. This isn't a Rivet Head podcast. This is a tech podcast. So close enough. Pig Face, Industrial Supergroup. He was the one guy that wasn't actually in it at any point. He was Pig Face adjacent. Exactly. We'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll call him Pig Face founder. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Mike also wanted to ask that you said you were driving around going to meetings and using your little USB charger stick. Well, why didn't you just plug it into the car? Because I go to cities that uh, actually have public transport every now and then and don't drive in a car all the time. That's great in L.A. I don't really need one of these in L.A. But even then, I sometimes do because I'll go off on my bike with my backpack or I'll sit at a pub for a couple hours. And I don't want to always have to bug the poor bartender to plug my phone in. And when they do that, they put it behind the bar, too, so I can't keep using it. Not everybody's in a car all the time. You must be from L.A. So I think the, 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 real, the real thread of the story is you need to buy a bar. That's it. So well, you can go yeah. <laughs> that is the retirement plan. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's every geek's retirement plan is just go buy a bar. Yeah, but my, my plan part of that is actually to get into all the drinking now so I'm, I'm sober by the time I own a bar and that way I won't drink my profits. Good call. Thinking ahead. I like it. I like uh, it. I tell you, I've got a, I've got a 20-year drunken plan. <laughs> so we got we got a little more feedback this week from uh this was really nice uh john rojas from the smart people podcast one of my one of my definite weekly listens and uh huge fan of the show um i'm gonna paraphrase this a bit because he wrote quite a bit of stuff he okay. said it's, uh it's funny that i found your show because i'm attempting to start a career change i've been doing management consulting for the federal government for the past eight plus years oh, i've always dear. had a love for, yeah i've always had a love for technology and computers hence wanting to create a podcast slash website and have started learning as much as i can about programming that's where i hope you guys come in do you have any advice on where to start I'm currently going through lessons on Code Academy, Rails for Zombies, and trying to build random mobile applications. Huh. Well, so, I mean, my bit of advice is come up with something that you actually really want to build because then you'll be interested in it, and then you can backtrack from there and figure out how to build it. Do you want to build an app? Then learn that stuff. Do you want to do a website? Okay, what kind of website? What do you want to do? I'd always start with the concept, not the tech. Yeah, definitely start with the concept, but it also comes down to, I mean, I, I wrote a huge reply, which I will not, not <laughs> read on the show. Um, you know, if you want to, if it, if it's for a career change, if you want to become a programmer as a career, right. you know, there's so many different paths right now. Do you want to be specific in one area? You know, mm-hmm. like we, like we've talked about, you know, you can either specialize or you can be a generalist. Yeah. We're, we're generalists. Yep. We do everything, you know, the full stack development. Yeah, and I pr- I still prefer it, even though sometimes it can be harder to explain what you do to somebody. Um, <laughs> no, I do I, the inter- I do the internet. <laughs> I prefer it too. And judging from his background, I mean, he said he's been doing management consulting. I mean, basically, you can just be a generalist and get that plush job of being a consultant for someone, and then you don't even have to get your hands dirty with building things. You just find people that do, and you manage the whole project. I mean, that's a that's a great way to go, especially given your background. Yeah, but I mean, even as a consultant, it's good to know know how everything works. Learn mm-hmm. learn some code, you know. Learn <laughs> soup to nuts stuff. I, I I'm still not a the Code Academy stuff. I'm kind of iffy on. I tell everybody books. Yeah, physical I agree. paper books are the way to go. Keep your browser open and go to Stack Exchange for questions. But when you're learning a language, yep. get a book, dog ear the hell out of it. Yep. 
and it makes finding stuff so much faster. I, I just think you learn it better that way too. There's something to be said for having to like physically just go through those pages and, and rip through projects like that, as opposed to you know you got the code and everything in front of you in your browser. It just it just sticks with me better through books, and I think for most people. Yeah, and the, the other reason I don't like the classes is because you're going at somebody else's pace, and you know I don't really need to know a lot of things to get a certain task done. You know, theory yeah. is fine. I've never gone that route. I've always had a book that I look up exactly what I need to know then. It just seems more efficient that yeah. way. And you learn the things that you need as you go instead of learning, quote-unquote, foundationals. Yep. Th- that stuff will take you 10 minutes. You know, you learn the structure of the language, you learn some of the basics, and then you dive in. And yep. that you'll learn it so much faster. Yeah, so I, I agree with Jason. I think one of the first decisions you're going to have to make is, do you want to become a specialist? I mean, do you really want to be a programmer and then find, find a language that clicks with you and fucking become a super specialist in that? That's one way to go. The other way to go is to be a generalist like we are. You probably won't end up getting your hands super dirty with code all the time. You might end up more in kind of a project manager or consultant position, um, but learn your stuff. Because I think what turned me into... I used to have the nickname Angry Man back in the companies that I worked for in my early 20s. It was because my project managers didn't understand a goddamn thing that we were doing, yet they were in charge of projects and were talking to clients. Uh, So if you want to be in that position, learn your shit. It's helpful. It really is helpful. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. The worst were the salespeople, but that's a different story. Yeah, they were even worse. So so, uh, thanks for the comment, John, and thanks for the review. And uh, Everybody go check out John's podcast at smartpeoplepodcast.com. It's really good. They got really good guests on. And they, up front, they say that this is a podcast that has smart people that is just not necessarily them, which is, <laughs> which is very humble, I got to say. Humble brag, but they are pretty smart guys. So yeah. check them out. Check them out. And thanks again to Melissa for the kind donation. And uh, MXV, meh, you know, we'll fight about stuff some other time. I'm going to go get some bands wrong later in this podcast so you can get mad at me. Sweet. Sweet. So there's this these two guys out of New York. They uh, run a studio called Studio Neat. They've done uh, three successful Kickstarter campaigns so far. One for something that is a uh, little toy for your iPhone called the Glyph, which is basically a tripod mount in a stand. Right. They did the Cosmonaut, which is a fat crayon-like iPad stylus, mm-hmm. and a sports bracket thing, whatever. <laughs> now they get now they got a new one. Okay. It's an ice kit for making ice. Now, uh-huh. now, <laughs> okay. Now to start off, it's like okay, they're trying to make you know artisanal ice, so you get the nice clear cube for your cocktails. Uh huh. With a a bag, a stick, and a piece mm-hmm. of metal. Okay. Uh-huh. Do they do they supply the water too? No, no. I think oh, I think, no. I think you have to. I think you have to <laughs> sold separately. No, no water. Okay. No water. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this is, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the prices. Are you fucking kidding me? So here here we go. Fifty bucks or more and you get the ice kit, which is you basically get a bag and a stick. A, and a, stick. <laughs> a box of bag and a stick walk into a bar. <laughs> Holy um, you know what though? I mean, Jesus Christ. They they doubled their goal. I mean, who what the fuck? It's only what been the up fuck since, is wrong so. with you people? <laughs> So it started August 28th, and so it's been up for a little bit. They've got 1,503 people who are willing to buy a box, a bag, a stick, and a wedge <laughs> um, <laughs> to make ice, which obviously is you know beyond uh, beyond no, troublesome. But, but, for but some you people. can you can make three kinds of ice. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You can make a big cube, smaller cubes, <laughs> or crushed or cubes, tiny cubes. That's <laughs> where the bag that's where the stick in. and the bag comes in. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so oh. you, you put the you put the nice ice in your drink, and then you take the crappy ice and stick it in a bag and whack it till you get some <laughs> some ice. Um, uh, most so, fancy cocktail bars often have a dedicated ice program. Did you, were you aware of that? Yes. Oh, okay. I am very much aware of that. Because right. clear I like clear ice. It's you know, it's yeah. it's it's a novelty. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> the ice that you get, this is this is uh as as Dr. Teeter put it, this is very much a stonehenge uh spinal tap type of thing. <laughs> it takes twenty four hours, you get one block of ice that is two by two by four. Yes, but this ice goes up to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> two inches by two inches is is the usable clear ice for your cocktail. So this okay. is for the very moderate drinker. If you're yeah. going to have a cocktail party, I'm going to need about eighteen of these. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to need eighteen sticks, eighteen bags. <laughs> um, so I mean, besides being utterly ridiculous that you're going to spend fifty bucks on a bag of stick in a box, yeah, um, you can do this at home already with like three bucks worth of stuff. Uh-huh. And you get more, more ice than you get with this thing. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's called a Lewis bag. I, I don't know why. Apparently, Lewis was the first person to put ice in a bag and whack it with a stick. But <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, these guys are making a cottage industry out of Kickstarter. They've done the Glyph and the Cosmonaut. I know a lot of people that got those. I mean, Jesus, the Glyph was... Um, Oh god, the funding for that was where was that? It was huge. They got like over a hundred thousand dollars for that thing, right? Um, and they were asking for hold it, hold it. They were looking. Yeah, it's a hundred one thousand three hundred and seventy four percent funded for that, right? Okay, and I got I, and I got one. Look, it, uh, it didn't uh, work for me because I got a case on my iPhone. Oh, okay. So Sorry. it's use, it's useless if you like to have a case on your phone. The Cosmonaut. I like the way it felt, but the tip was too squishy, so you had to press too hard to actually make it, you know, uh, register as a touch on the screen. Right. And everybody I know that has it had the same problem with it, and it fell apart. The whole thing, it was like kind of cheaply put together. Um, so, but at least, I mean, these guys, they, they, I do believe they put out a book, too, on how to, because everybody that has a successful Kickstarter has to put out an ebook. apparently. That's, that's one of the rules of Kickstarter in the, yeah. in the print. Um, but yeah, I just thought this was kind of ridiculous. And a lot of my friends were funding it. Right. That's how I found out about it. They were on Kickstarter saying, Hey, I'm going to get crazy ice now. I'm like, okay, good for you. Um, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's, it's cool. It's great of them that they found this way to, to make a, this life for themselves. I mean, obviously they've, they've made nearly, you know, half a million dollars off their various projects so far, but this is just so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So we're I'm putting a link in the show notes to a, a an instructables uh video on how to do this yourself with like literally 3 bucks worth of uh spray foam insulation right. a pitcher and a cup that's all it takes <laughs> Yeah and you can get much more ice than you can get out of the the neat ice kit Yeah I mean again this this goes back to a lot of the things that that I was saying when we first started shitting on Kickstarter way back in, I believe the first episode, um, you know, it's just, it, this is a free for all free for all. I mean, buyer beware, stupid people are going to order stuff. Um, and you know, it's okay. They, they've fancied up an idea and they've packaged it well, and they're charging way more money than you need to charge for anything. And dumb people are buying it. 
Caveat Emperor. Emperor? Emptor. Emptor. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to see what else you get here because they didn't do any. Yeah. Okay. So they they don't do. You don't get a t-shirt. No t-shirts. You either get you get the kit. Oh my God! Please add fifteen dollars for shipping. International. Bucks. International. Oh Oh, jeez. Yeah. Just just international. international. God, I was like, you got to be kidding me. That better come with ice for fifteen bucks. <laughs> if you spend seventy bucks, you get an extra mold. mold. Yeah. So, but at least they didn't do the you know the crazy incentivized thing. I give them, give them props for that. So, but if yeah, if you want clear, if you want clear ice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want clear ice, go get some foam. You can get a stick outside from a tree and use a an old uh, pillowcase for your Lewis bag. <laughs> yeah. All right, another great Kickstarter. All right, can't wait for the next ones. This is just awesome. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. I just load up the site and I'm like, really, 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 really. <laughs> I just I wanted to cover this one because all all my friends are getting this. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> I thought we were in an economic downturn. How come people are spending fifty bucks on a way to make ice? Yeah, when when an ice tray costs, like you can get three for a dollar at the ninety nine cent store. Yeah. Hmm, okay, I guess we have uh, you know other problems to deal with here. Ice, ice is way up on the list, apparently. Ice, ice, baby. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. You like lists? I love lists. I have lists of lists. I keep a master list of my various lists. I like lists too, <laughs> but I don't like paper. I love paper. So I, love I, lamp. I, I have. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I love lamp too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have spent an inordinate amount of money on software to keep lists, which is, you know, ridiculous. Um, and yeah. I've gone back and forth with two different products that have made my life crazy miserable at some points and saved my bacon and others. Right. First one, the first one is, is an old one that uh, I found out when Merlin Mann was consulting with them. It's called OmniFocus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've actually tried that one. Yeah, it's ridiculously expensive if you get the full stack. The um, well, first let me tell you what it is. It's basically a GTD system, you know, a full stack GTD, getting things done. Right. David Allen, the whole nine yard system. I I basically use it to keep a list. That's it. <laughs> I get it out of my head. I put it in the thing, and then I come back, and it tells me what I should be doing that day. Yeah. Fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. Um. The Mac version, it's it, they say it's seventy nine ninety nine now. I could have sworn I paid a lot more than that, but it I was a long I, time ago. Thought I did too, but uh. and if you want the iPhone version, that's another twenty bucks. Yep. And if you want to get the iPad version, that's forty bucks. Yeah. So Omni is not real good about doing the uh, Omni. I, I've spent more money on Omni apps on like five Omni apps, I think, than I have on all my apps combined. I, I bought <laughs> uh, Omni Graffle, which was a ninety dollar iPad app. Right. I tell you what, though, we'll do this. We'll do Omni Graffle in another show. It was the best ninety bucks I spent. <laughs> Fantastic app. So basically, I'm I'm 140 bucks into Omni Focus at this point. Yeah, and it was driving me crazy. And this other app came out called Things, which is much more. It's got a much simpler design, much simpler in scope. Yeah, and cheaper in price. So they're uh, 50 bucks for the Mac. Ten bucks for the iPhone and twenty bucks for the iPad. Now it looks like they have a free trial, so I'm going to have to give this one a shot because OmniFocus did get to be a bit too much for me. So, I, I stopped using Things, even though I 
I bought all three of them. Mm-hmm. I just was pissed off at that point because I had spent so much on <laughs> the the desktop version and the iPhone version. Then when they came out with the iPad, it was another twenty bucks. I felt like I was getting ripped off. Right. Mm-hmm. And that then I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, they did put a lot more work in the iPad version, and it's not just a direct port. They're actually the apps on all of these are specifically tailored for the platform, so I can they can kind of justify. You know, spending costing more on each platform, not yeah. not giving you a universal app, right? Um, so lately, I've gone back to OmniFocus just because it does have a little bit more power. Oh, excuse me. Um, you can do really cool things with geolocation. So if you're like driving by the store, it will pop up your stuff that you need to get at the store and will remind you. Okay. <laughs> you know, it does really neat things like that. That just seems like a bit too much for me, but cool. Okay. Well, I mean. If you're if you live in a town where you're walking a lot, totally right. handy, totally yeah. handy. Like if okay. you're like by the by the drugstore and you need to go, you know, buy diapers or whatever the hell you buy at the drugstore, Ritalin, who knows? Um, <laughs> it'll just it'll pop up a quick reminder. So that way, it's just all out of your head, all your shopping's out of your head, whatever. If you really need Ritalin that bad, you're probably not going to remember. <laughs> um, and but they all and they all sync. They all sync between things syncs and OmniFocus syncs. They all sync between all your devices. Keeps them pretty up to date. Right. And but yeah, I I really like the way the OmniFocus iPad app works the best. Okay. The desktop is just way too convoluted. I just use it because I'm at my desk and it just tells me what I need to type that day. <laughs> but when I when I'm, I'm done for the day and I'm sitting in the chair or on the couch upstairs, then that's when I do all my input and I do all my input on the iPad. Mm-hmm. And it's a really nice experience. It's beautifully designed, unlike the desktop version. Right. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, I'll probably change my mind in a month and go back to things. <laughs> I, I tend to go back and forth. I get tired of looking at the same thing and go back to the other one. Right. So I definitely, for the price point, things is better. Um, and, I mean, you're looking at, Jesus, 60 bucks for just a few features in OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, my, my go-to is, my, my recommendation would be if you're looking for, like, a simple GTD system to just get things out of your head, Get you give you reminders and you don't like paper because paper won't ping you. paper won't ping you <laughs> no paper will not ping you um, I've never I have not made the transition uh, I, I spend 15 bucks a year on a moleskin and uh, I do everything in that and it works great for me but uh, you know the whole uh, I'm using my iPad a lot more I'm using my iPhone a lot more the syncing between them and having it digitally like that is starting to kind of you know the little thing in the back of my head is going maybe you should try to switch so we'll see Maybe I'll, I'll give things a, sh- a shot. Yeah, and the other – I've gone back and forth with paper and all that stuff, and I just kind of made a conscious decision to go paperless and try and get the habits down of keeping everything digitally and getting that habit. You know, putting everything in at night or when, it, when a new task comes in, just right. put, it in, put it in OmniFocus, get it out of the inbox, move on. It's really helped. You know, just it, – it gives me more free time. That little bit of extra work at night gives me way more free time during the day because I'm not thinking about it at all. No, I, I mean, I, just as a productivity thing, whether it's paper or one of these apps, that's I, I can't recommend that enough to everyone. That you should just, end of your day, sit down, do whatever you need to do in terms of lists. Use an app, use a moleskin, use whatever. Uh, it clears your mind for the night. It gets you, you know, you rest a lot easier. You wake up and you know you've got your list and you're ready to go. Yeah, and you, you, you're in the habit, you trust the list. The yep. list is the de facto thing you go by. If you stop putting things in the list and don't check or whatever, if you lapse, then the whole system breaks apart. But exactly. you do, if you're focused and you do it, life is better. 
it really just is better. It really is. I mean, uh, you know what you need to do when you need to do it by, and you don't have that imp- that crazy feeling of like, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something. Because you won't, because it's in, and you're done. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had that feeling in a, in a while now, and it's a great feeling. It is a wonderful feeling, so can't recommend it enough. Uh, pick which way you want to go. I still stand by my moleskin, but I, am, I think I'm going to try to spend next month trying out things and actually using a digital task organizer so we'll see what happens yeah go for it and for you it's a write-off so exactly. drop the drop this drop the 80 bucks and just bite the bullet and go <laughs> um the other thing that i want to talk about mm-hmm. is something i use all the time and almost everybody i know uses it so mm-hmm. i just want to you often tell me that not everybody knows the things i know so i this is true gloss over a lot of things and think just every i assume everybody that uses the same stuff i do they do not um Evernote, the Evernote suite. In ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Are you an Evernote user? Uh, I have Evernote. I've played around with it a little bit, but I don't use it regularly. Okay, I've been an Evernote premium subscriber for, I think, since since it came out. Since they offered the premium package, like the day they offered the premium package, I signed <laughs> up, and I haven't looked back. Right. It's, 45, it's 45 bucks a year. Right. It's a note-taking app. Mm-hmm. It's basically for taking notes. Yes. The genius of it is... You can take pictures of notes from your iPhone or your iPad. It puts yeah. those notes in, then it OCRs the notes. Right. So you can search on. So if I'm, and I do it with my bills, all my tax crap, anything that comes in, that way I can just do a quick search, find the note, done. You know? Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there are other options out there like the Neat Scanner, w- which will do that, but I've got one of those that my mom gave me because she, she got it and she couldn't use it, and I got it and I'm not using it. Um, <laughs> But it also ties in with a really cool program called Skitch, which used to be like an independent Australian-based company. It was for making screen, taking screen grabs and annotating them. That's right. all it was. It was beautiful for it. Evernote bought them. Now it's tied in with uh, Evernote. So whenever you take a Skitch screen grab, it just goes to a notebook in Evernote. Mm-hmm. So you have them all. They're all synced between all your devices because there's iPad and iPhone apps, which are gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, they yeah, are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't used to be, trust me, they used to be <laughs> terrible. But the new iPad uh, Evernote app is gorgeous. It works great. I do most of my work from there. But I keep everything in there from code snippets, which is really handy. So if I need to go find a function or something that I did before, right. shell scripts I keep in there. I mean, literally, almost everything I keep in Evernote. It's my go-to digital <laughs> locker. Uh, and they've got a whole bunch of other side apps that they came out with. One's called Penultimate, which is an iPad app for s- sketching. Right. So it's just for drawing and sketching and taking notes. Um, Hello, which is for taking pictures of people. It's like a contact list, basically. So when you meet somebody, you take their picture and you put in their contact information. I don't know if it – I think it can do business card scanning too. Okay. But I played with it for a little bit, but it didn't really kind of hook me. Right. The weird one is food. They've got Evernote food, so you take pictures of your food, kind of like food spotting or something like that. That app's big in Japan. It is? No, I don't know. It's Asians oh, okay. taking pictures okay. of food, you know, the memes. Anyway. Well, so do San, San Franciscans <laughs> take pictures of a lot of food, too. So I have noticed that. All my San Fran friends always post pictures of their damn meals. Yeah. The new one that I found was uh, this little browser extension they have called Clearly, which mm-hmm. I love. Basically, it just takes out the junk on your screen. It's like a reading, reading view. Oh, cool. So you just hit the little – I use it in Chrome, so I've got a little widget at the top of my screen. I just click that. All the crap's gone. I can read it, and I can save it to a notebook. Oh, okay. Which is really good for research. If you're doing research, it's really handy. The only thing, it kind of screws up on the titles a little bit, but it's newish. So, right. um, 
Love it though. Check it out. Every, it, it will, all these links will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Clearly is definitely a, it's free. You can just go grab it. If you have Evernote, then you can sync with it and do all the fun stuff with it. Um, and the last one is a really weird one. It's called Peak. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like a flashcard app. Oh, I don't really? get how I don't get how this kind of ties in with it. But if you're trying to learn something, <laughs> it's 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 really built for an iPad with a smart cover. Right. Okay. You know, so basically, you, you you lift it up a little bit. It shows you the question. Mm-hmm. Then you try and answer the question. You pull it up a little more. It gives you the answer. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's it. It's, and they, you can get like different kind of flashcard packs from the site. But if you're trying to learn something that's like rote memorization, I guess it's pretty good. But they've got yeah, they've that's, got a that's bunch pretty of, funny actually. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I don't know how it fits in with the rest of their empire, but it's yeah. neat. You know, it's just neat. <laughs> It's neat. Yeah. So, oh, cool. I see. T- take you can take notes and Evernote and then turn them into flashcards. Flashcards, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be great if you had a you know like a a kid or something like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, Evernote does voice memos too. They, they do damn near everything. If you just want a bucket to throw shit in, it's the best bucket. Yeah. I mean, this looks really. I mean, it's a great suite of stuff. It's certainly ex- it's extremely pretty. I mean, it's a beautiful looking set of applications. Uh, it's just it's another one of those things where to really get the to get the bang for your buck, you got to fucking use it. You got to turn this into your your, your system for life. <laughs> and I, I have. I've yeah. been using it for almost four years now. Yeah. And there's so much stuff in there. <laughs> and like for the premium price, you get a gigabyte of new data per month. Right. That's a lot. That is a lot, yeah. I've never I've never gone past like 10% of that. <laughs> Seriously, and I take a lot of pictures. And I don't do voice memos, though. Right. So maybe that's why. Yeah, it could so, be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out, though. If you're, if you're, this is one of my, seriously, between OmniFocus or things, whichever I'm using that month. Yeah. <laughs> Evernote goes in there. 1Password goes in there. We talked about that on a previous show. Can't can't live without that. These are like my go tos yeah. every day. So Good stuff. yeah, and I got I got one two two little quickies here. Okay, one is uh, if you're a developer, mm-hmm. Xscope. That's what I talked about before. The one I couldn't remember for yes. doing like on screen measurements and stuff. I actually found this after you talked about it, and I bought it and installed it, and I've used it about twenty times already. It's awesome. Oh my god, it's so good. I, I love this thing. It's it's amazing. If you if you're a graphic designer or if you're doing any kind of development for the web, you need this. Absolutely, it's thirty bucks worth every single penny. Yep. Um, and I actually this is one of those apps I got. I think uh, Dan Burka. Uh, he was a designer at Dig and Milk and then went to work for Google. So hopefully he's making all Google stuff pretty now. He turned me on to it, mm-hmm. and it was, it's amazing. The, uh, they have a, a sister iPad app, too. It's like 3 bucks. Right. So it, you basically anything on your screen, you can just mirror straight on your iPad. That's fantastic. So if you're, if, so if you're checking for sizes and want to see how it, how it looks size-wise, it doesn't do much rendering stuff. If you want to do rendering stuff, go get Coda and Diet Coda. Yeah. That's the perfect match for that. But for just previewing, it's, it's three bucks. It's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, Xscope is amazing. Yeah, really, really cool. I, I can't recommend this one enough. It's 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 great. It changes the way that you look at things and do things. So it's it's made drastic changes in my workflow. So it's great. And watch the videos. Mm-hmm. I I bought this thing and I was using it for. Uh, I've been using it for a long time and I never really found the full power of everything it does. Yeah. Until I went back and read the fucking manual. <laughs> <Go figure. laughs> Um, it's pretty. It's pretty deep. So, 
And my last one for the week, since you don't have anything. <laughs> Sorry. This is this is called Twitter Spirit. Tweets that expire. Yeah, I saw this, and it seems a bit stupid. It is. Okay, when Twitter first started, I think I, I, think I mentioned this. This might have been on one of the shows that didn't air when we were still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. When Twitter first started, I wrote a giant email to Evan Williams saying, dude, can you put this feature in where my tweets go away after a set amount of time? Yeah. Because after a set amount of time, they lose context. True. Now they ha- now they have this conversations feature that just rolled out, which kind of keeps things in context. Which yeah. finally, you know, um, but I, I was always saying that over you know in two years when somebody goes back and looks at tweets from somebody, they're not going to have context about what they're talking about because they're not seeing what the other person's seeing, and it doesn't make any sense. Right. Which can cause confusion for maybe somebody who's looking at it with you know a potential to hire that person you know the the hiring decisions could be going into it or god for you know loans who knows child custody even (laughs) (laughs) when you take that stuff out of context it can become dangerous it can become totally dangerous so i just like this because basically you do a tweet you do a hashtag with like the number and either uh minutes days days yeah whatever but, and I mean, it goes away. I checked it. I tested it this morning. It worked okay. great. Okay. What what happens if somebody retweets you or whatever? Like, well, then it's still there. But okay. So yeah. There's well, no- actually, no. If they use the the built in retweet method, if they <laughs> if they copy it and type RT, but right. if they use built, Twitter's built in retweet system, I believe it just goes away because the the because the tag uh, is in it as well. Yeah, the parent's gone. The parent okay. the parent post. Okay. The. the retweet id that's geeky stuff but (laughs) i don't know i just like it i think it's fun it's free and i checked it out because i'm like okay this is an app that's going to get my twitter credentials and can post and delete on my behalf so i went and looked at the guy who wrote it he used to work at twitter so thumbs up he's got my he's got my stamp of approval yeah seems interesting i just uh i don't get twitter in general so there you go why would i get this either Well, you're not my fucking target audience. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just, yeah, whatever. I'm just putting okay. in my, I'm just putting in my two cents, and I'll put in the hashtag two minute on that. It'll go away. There you go. No proof. <laughs> Leave no footsteps. In the news. So Larry Page, uh, CEO of Google, uh, did an interview with uh, Stephen Levy, or actually, I guess it was a, well, it was an interview for a book. Uh, called In the Plex, How Google Thinks, Works, and Shapes Our Lives. On a a not even slightly related note, I watched that stupid movie, The Internship on the Plane, about Google. Oh, Oh, I haven't... Oh, was it bad? Oh, my God. Don't, don't, don't. It's... it's, They're playing themselves again, and they try to do feel-good story at the end. Who's in that again? Uh, What's-his-face with the broken nose, one of the brothers, and Vince Vaughn. Owen Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, yeah. Oh, Oh, so it it was like the wedding crashers at Google? It was the wedding crashers at Google with lots of product branding everywhere. Oh. So, good times. Uh, don't go see that. Anyways, he did an interview and he talks about, you know, the basic Google vision is eventually to put an implant in your brain. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right out. No. <laughs> I do not want Google's implant in my brain. I do not want Yahoo's implant in my brain. I do not want any of these companies' implants in my brain. And definitely, definitely not Google. So this is just, you know, we all knew that that's where they're going to head with it anyways. Glasses is only the beginning. But at least they finally just came out and said it. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Imagine it, Keanu Reeves would just, he would be a gazillionaire. <laughs> I do kung fu. <laughs> part of the part of the article is like imagine thinking of something that you don't know the answer for and having immediate knowledge of it. I'm like, yeah. uh, 
No. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's stay out of the brain, which will tie into uh, one of the books I'm reading when we get to the at the library section. So, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that it's just in print now. Here you go. We're going to end up having the Google chip that we're going to put in your brain. I just... I, not in any, any reality would I let any company put anything in my body except a beer company. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but that's just temporary. It flows through. You're just borrowing the beer. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. All. Yeah. It leaves a little behind in the gut area, but it pretty much doesn't stick around. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure I'm going to do Google Glasses. I'm, I'm really not sold on this, and I, I think it's just a little bit too invasive in terms of, of basic life. I like having something in my pocket that I put away. Um, you know, I can see, I've always, you know, dreamt of invasive computing with like wearables and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think a cool heads up display with glass, actually better contact lenses. I would like, I would like a HUD on my contacts. Um, forget the camera thing. I don't need that. Um, but just to be able to, you know, get augmented information. I'm, I'm cool with that. I just don't like that Google did it and they're ugly. Um, it just makes it kind of look like a twat. Um, I'd be yeah. down if Apple came up with some nice glasses, some Ray Bans, sure, sure Ray Bans for chance, or something, something that's actual glasses and not this weird construct thing that just paints you as a douchebag, like when you walk into a room. <laughs> yeah, but we used to say the same thing about uh, the Bluetooth ear sets, and now they're so ubiquitous that uh, we don't even think twice about it anymore. It'll be the same way with these sorts of things. Oh, I still think about it, <laughs> unless you're in a car. Then get that damn thing off your head, right? Uh, especially if you're at the mall. I mean, there's crazy people at the mall. These housewives walking around talking to themselves. Like, <laughs> Who let the fucking dogs out? No, keep your carry your phone unless you're carrying your kids, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I mean, no, I, like no to, no to brain implants. No to brain implants for for many many reasons, which we will discuss in at the library and security. But this is just uh, yeah, it's it's just nice to see it actually in print. Yep, this is where we're heading for. We're going to yeah. get your brain. We're going to put our ads directly in there. And we'll look right now, too. The one, one quick thing is that, like, pacemakers can be hacked. You want something in your brain that can be hacked? I mean, it's bad enough that somebody can walk by you and turn your pacemaker off or exactly. sit, in a, sit in a car with a Pringles can and basically stop your heart. <laughs> what, in your brain, too? I mean, that's just, no. It's, 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 it's an attack vector that I do not wish to expose. <laughs> Let's uh, just say that. Agreed 100%. We are not there, and there's no way in hell I'd sign up for this. But what I am signing up for is Amazon Matchbook because this is Segway. Yes. Amazon Matchbook is the new thing that's coming out where basically any book you've ever bought from on Amazon. Amazon will be available through Kindle for $2.99, $1.99, $0.99 or free. I, I love this. This is what iTunes Match should have been. Um, I will use this. I've bought tons of books off, off Amazon for god 10 years now so this is fantastic the idea that i could actually just uh, keep a copy forever in my kindle app is great and what i'm hoping for is to be able to buy a cheap paperback get it for 99 cents or free and still pay less than you would for the kindle version hopefully they're going to leave that loophole in and we'll be able to exploit it for a while that will never happen because amazon has one of the best bots in the world in terms of finding comparative pricing this is why you will find things for $0.00 on Amazon if you search for it right, because they have to outbid a special that's happening somewhere else. They have the best bot in the world for this. Damn it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I guess since they are like, I guess they're the third biggest search engine in the world, so yeah, it makes sense that they would be that smart. Yeah, they're damn pretty it. damn good at that. You're never going to be able to, to out-trick Amazon itself. So, But what and you can be, do oh, so is you, you, know can start, you can start your own store and price everything at one cent. 
Then we can bring them down. That might work. (laughs) Just keep one copy of every book that you want to buy, and if somebody buys it, fine. But um, no, what got me this week, it was crazy. I was flipping through um, iTunes. I was looking for something, and I went to the homepage of the iTunes store, which I never do. Yeah, who does? And (laughs) I, I just go straight to apps or no, I just go straight to apps. I don't buy anything else on iTunes. I don't buy movies or whatnot. But I ended up on the homepage of iTunes, and Prince's new single's there. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, what the hell happened to Prince? He looks like Dave Chappelle now. Yeah. And it totally got me. He actually used a picture of Dave Chappelle no, I mean, for it's, his single, it's which was amazing. Straight out of the skit, so he proved he was in on the joke and actually did it himself, which is pretty cool. Uh, not a huge Prince song uh, fan, so I, I, I don't really care for the new song. I knew about this right away because I actually work with the Rick James estate, and because of my Google alerts, basically anything with Dave Chappelle, I'm Rick James bitch, shows up in my thing. Uh-oh. So, you know, day this was out, I was like, oh, that's clever. That's funny. Go, Good on you, Prince. You actually had a little bit of sense of humor there. I mean, yeah. When when I finally, when I finally got him, because I was I was like, it was before my first cup of coffee, and it was early, and I was just like, I mean, I even tweeted something, which I immediately took down because I'm like, I'm looking like a fucking idiot. Um, and if no. I if I had used the tweet spirit thing, then it could have been gone, and I wouldn't have had to touch it. But true, very true. It was it was it definitely got me. That was a funny one this week. No, it, it's hilarious. The picture's great. You know, he's got his little plate of pancakes. Very very funny. But I mean, it also just goes to kind of show you about how the internet works now. I mean, there was a big, there was a lot of news about it because oh my god, it's very funny. He used Dave Chappelle, and um, nobody's talked about it in like two weeks now. <laughs> the song is just dead. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did end up spending the rest of my coffee more, coffee break going uh, to YouTube and finding the Wayne Brady Dave Chappelle <laughs> Dave Chappelle skit, which is the funniest one I think he ever did. But I don't think I've seen that one, so put it in the show notes. Oh my God, Wayne <laughs> Brady have to choke a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It is, oh yeah, if you haven't seen that, okay, that's going in the show notes for that sure. Library. I had talked about uh, a book, I think I talked about this, called Nexus uh, a while back by a guy, Ramiz Nam. Um, and the book, uh, tying in with the Google Glasses idea, the, the first book, Nexus, was uh, about uh, basically instead of a chip being inserted into your brain, it was, it was a drug that introduced basically software and operating systems to your brain to enhance things. And, you know, then it went off on all, all the problems that that would cause about same thing with a Google chip in your brain about how it can be hacked and then people can take over and, and how, well, something else we'll get into in security about how they built a backdoor into it that only the guys that built it knew about. Uh, so the sequel came out, Crux, um, this, earlier this week. So I picked it up immediately because, you know, it wasn't the best first book in the world, but it, it really interesting ideas, pretty well written. Um, half, about halfway through the follow-up now, still really enjoying it. So if you want some good, cheap, fun sci-fi that kind of basically deals with a lot of stuff that that is in our not too distant future good stuff to read it's really interesting the one complaint i have and i don't know if he actually even put out a print version i just know the, the kindle edition uh did anybody proofread this or take a look at the layout chapters aren't clearly defined spacing is off it's they did a really really shoddy job of laying this thing out well, one thing I learned uh, actually today listening to mm-hmm. a podcast was you can send them just a Word doc. You can send Amazon a Word doc, and they will format it for you. So maybe this that's is obviously the way play. they went. Yeah, because <laughs> uh-huh. it, it looks like shit, and it's actually just 
it's detracting me from the book because things uh, you know paragraphs are running into each other and you're switching characters viewpoints and but it's reading as if it's the same paragraph and it takes Ooh. you a couple seconds and you're like wait what's going on now so oh, yeah, good. fix the layout on that you guys because uh this guy's got some good ideas and and i've liked both the books so far did you leave a review telling them how bad their layout was? No, because I'm so lazy about that sort of stuff. I've really got to guess, start doing that. I got into, I have to get engaged with the internet instead of just Proactive. view it from afar. Be, be the net. <laughs> be the net that you want to see in yourself or whatever okay. the hell that line is. <laughs> All right, Keanu. Okay, so my yes. book this week, The Shadow Factory, the ultra-secret NSA from 9-11 to the eavesdropping on America by James Bamford. We're about to get dark, aren't we? So this book came out in July 2009, Mm -hmm. and it basically covers everything that happened. I mean, and it goes into detail, like serious detail about the whole story of the warrantless wiretapping that happened. You know, with the black, the the secret rooms at AT and T and the other places. I mean, everything, and it goes. It's got a level of detail that I just didn't know we even had available. (laughs) And, I mean, it's a four-year-old book, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and it – I don't know. I mean, it, it left me with basically this feeling that we need to, we need to rein these guys in ASAP. <laughs> Just, I mean, the computing power that these guys are using. They kept SGI in business. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> or was it SGI or Cray? I think it was Cray, SGI. There, there, there was a, basically a, a – the supercomputer industry in America was going under. So the NSA and the Department of Defense basically underwrote them because yeah. they needed their supercomputers. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, it's insane. And the, uh, the reason that they're building that giant place in Utah is because they use too much power. They basically use half of the power that would run Annapolis yeah. to run just the computing center. It's crazy how much, how much resources are going, in, going into this thing, and we'll get into the rest of the other resources in a bit, but it's just, this is an amazing book about everything that happened, and if you're in the least bit interested or following what's going on now with right. the NSA and the Snowden stuff, um, you've got to read this book. It just is a great primer on how things can get eroded by politicians who are basically trying to skirt the laws. And, you know, always thought Dick Cheney was an evil dick. This pretty much uh, <laughs> confirms that. The, yeah. one thing that. the one thing that I was really surprised by was uh, John Ashcroft, the guy who did the Where Eagle, Let Eagles Soar song yes, that was buried on The Daily Show <laughs> quite, quite a bit. He turned out to be a pretty good guy. Really? <laughs> I got to say. He actually he tried to, to be, not let yeah. things get too crazy. Yeah, when he was in for surgery and he handed off the uh, attorney general position, he backed up his the new attorney general, and they shut down the the wiretap. I mean, they they, they fought it. So I get, I got to say that that was a really big surprise. And the other surprise was there are a lot of good people in government who think that this is crap. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's good that, they're, that not everybody is evil. I mean, the NSA has 35,000 employees that work on this stuff right now, so apparently some of them are not so nice. But it's, it, it, was, it was a really refreshing take to hear that there were definitely, like, the puppeteers and the people who just did it. Yeah. It, it's, it was refreshing to just know that there are people that in the government that are trying to watch our backs. So, and, in, and in the telcos. 
<laughs> the whistle the whistleblowers and the telcos who basically backtrace like the guy who blew the lid on the AT&T thing yeah you know he's like there's only one thing that these guys can be doing and they were they basically have boxes in between the all the like all the trunk lines everything they listen to everything oh yeah yeah of course they do i mean but it's everybody. also it's well and it's also some of the other interesting parts are the uh hardware that they're using is basically uh the Israelis make most of it, and very shady Israelis made a lot of it. Right. So we're using hardware that's made by people in another government who are not really good players. It's, it's, it's complicated. It's convoluted. It is a great read, though. It was one of those ones where I just could not put it down. Backdoors within backdoors within backdoors built into backdoors with another backdoor. There weren't so many back doors. It, these were basically front doors. Okay. <laughs> they, they ran, they ran well, the pipe right in the front door. The interesting thing is that this was four years ago, so imagine how things have moved on. <laughs> and, and to your point, and um, I think Shane Nickerson's point, too, mm-hmm. about how they handle so much data. Yeah. They, they totally talk about it in the book. <laughs> I'm sure. It's, I mean, they're just throwing, throwing man, well, not manpower. They're throwing computer power at it. That's, that'll, that'll do it. That'll take care of the problem. Yep. And, you know, just the placement of the nodes so they're like they're closer, like the wires are closer. It's just it's crazy talk. It's it is a complete, completely different world. I definitely. I, yeah, I'm definitely so, going to have to read this, uh, especially after we go through our next little segment. that will make everything so dark. Ooh. Yes, I do. Rec- and I, I listened <laughs> to this on Audible. I recommend the Audible version. It was really good. Good reader. I listened to it on 2X because I'm that kind of guy. Yes. You um, are. And it 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 went well. It was well paced. Good reader, great book. Totally recommend it. I will, uh, I'll be reading it next week. Security! Ah! Uh, so Jason is, is definitely the way more technical of the two of us. Um, we both are kind of generalists, but Jason really knows his shit in terms of, uh, back end, you know, all this security sort of stuff. I, I, I just sit on the outskirts and, you know, I kind of bitch and moan all the time about how there's no point in security because everybody's going to get at us anyways, and and the government knows everything that we do. And uh, if a butterfly farts in Sweden, there's a recording of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've kind of always felt that way. And and Jason has tried to tell me otherwise, but I think he's coming around to my way of thinking these days. Um, so when I saw this headline on Salon, I instantly had to put it in the show notes because I figured Jason would have something to say about it. No password is safe from new breed of cracking software. The free password cracking and recovery tool runs at 8 million guesses per second. Take it away, Jason. Tell me why I shouldn't be worried about this. Um, I didn't say that. <laughs> you shouldn't be worried about it. Damn I mean, it. They're, they're basically talking about uh, OCL Hashcat Plus, which we've actually talked about on a long ago episode when we were yeah. doing our, our, our security <laughs> episode, which was kind of a train wreck. Yeah. It was the first one where we actually wrote down what we were going to talk about and decided <laughs> never to do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically it's brute force password cracking that is very intelligent. Yeah. You can actually, if it's trying to crack a like a website, you can, like when you sign up for a website, it'll say, okay, your password has has to be between has four be and sixteen and characters. Has you to need, have an uppercase, yeah. and then, a, then an at sign or yeah, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, so those are just regular expression rules, yep. you know. So you can put those into this and then just let it go. <laughs> and one of the things that I, it kind of works if you you know get the the hash table from 
like or the encrypted passwords from them instead of sitting there trying to just break into the system because then you'll be discovered like by hitting the system over and over again. Yeah, you can prime um, the pump. Yeah, I mean, you need to get the encrypted passwords really for this thing to kind of work well. Um, but one of the things I did want to throw a quick caveat out to to uh, any of our developer friends who are listening, <laughs> if you're building a user system that requires a login, make sure you put limits on the amount of times people can try before they get kicked out. Yep. Most people don't do that. They just say, oh, well, they just forget about it and w- w- like wake up in the middle of the night with their pager going off. Well, pagers. But, um, <laughs> wow. Oh, I got dated right there. <laughs> um, then they got in their DeLorean and came to the future to fix it. <laughs> but wondered why your server's down because somebody's hitting your site like a thousand times a second trying to brute force somebody's password. Just put in, put in lockouts. Yep. that kind of it's stuff. It's easy and enough to code in. Yeah, very, very easy. Um, and one of the things that I used to think was amazing was there was an XKCD comic mm-hmm. that a lot of people adopted, which was basically instead of taking gibberish words and putting substituting letters for numbers and a couple punctuation symbols, whatever, mm-hmm. use a very long string. Like yep. their, their, their uh, example is correct horse battery staple. Yep. You, you can remember it because you can do a visual mnemonic on it, and it's much harder because it's much longer. Mm-hmm. Well, those are dictionary words. Yeah. Well, they got dictionary attacks just like that. So instead of doing single letters, they can do words the same way, and it, it eight million guesses a second. Yeah. Ain't going to take that long. No, it's you not going to take that long. So. Yeah, really kind of – yeah, they're uh, – on the comic, it says uh, 550 years at 1,000 guesses per second. Well, <laughs> do the math on 8 million guesses per second, and that 550 years comes down really, really fast. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, this comes down to security on the, the websites that keep your passwords. But you should still – I all my passwords are minimum 16 characters, random generated through one password. They're never the same on any site. Yeah. You know, and I still I still have to publish the my uh, email obfuscation uh, document that we <laughs> talked about way back when. I thought about that this morning, but I need to put that up this week. You should get because, that up. Yeah, well, I owe I owe our listeners about four or five different blog posts. <laughs> even going back to the uh, the wet stuff, the never wet. Right. I right. actually I actually did our video tests and I never posted them. So, oh, <laughs> my bad, guys. I'll get it up. And by the way, the never wet stuff is pretty cool. It did actually work on a piece of wood. Really? Fabric, but on the wood stuff, it was right. pretty damn cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't usually wear wood outfits. Oh, uh, you didn't get a woody? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I tried. Fuck, I need a drum kit here. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so. Yes. So, yeah, passwords. Now, yeah, well, this just kind of dovetails into the now, rest. Now, let's move. We've got, now we've we can got, move on as to why passwords don't matter at fucking all. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> The big news, obviously, yesterday, and by the time you listen to this on Monday, everybody on the fucking planet's going to know about it. But it is the fact that the uh, NSA and the GCHQ, Britain mm-hmm. spy arm, basically yes. has the keys to the castle. Yep. It's baked into everything that we use. Encryption for SSL, SSH, VPN. They got backdoors into it all, or they, they have the keys. It's yep. nothing is safe. So if there you is wanna, no way to keep anything safe at all, ever done. Well, 
write it on a piece of paper <laughs> and, and give it to a courier who takes. Oh wait, no, the couriers. That's kind oh, of the couriers. And you definitely oh. can't put it through the mail because they take photos of everything. No, yeah. well, I was thinking. I was thinking of the courier that got Bin Laden, but oh, that's true. Yeah, that's how they tracked him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. Uh, this is bad stuff. It's very bad stuff. And there are a lot of articles coming out uh, yesterday and today about this. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, the government needs to – no, they don't. Never mind. What am I saying? They don't need to go this fucking far. They do not need to know what I'm buying from Netflix, you know? No, they don't need to. And, that, you know, it was always the theory that, like – There'd be just be so much data that things would just get lost and, and whatever. But the thing is, um, they're storing everything. They're keeping everything. They're using supercomputers to search through things. It's all about putting together probable cause. They can do that based on anything that you do. Uh, if somebody wants to get you and they're in the government and they have access to this, they can. And they can make it up and it doesn't matter. It's, I don't know. It's... On, on the one hand, I've always kind of had that kind of Corolla attitude, which used to drive you crazy about it, which is, oh, fuck it. I'm not doing anything wrong. Who cares? But I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things now where it's like, we need to stop these guys. You know, we need to, we are a country of laws, so we need to actually step up and put the kibosh on this shit because it's, it's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. It's honestly getting out of hand. It makes us look like just giant dicks to the rest of the world which we already did already and this is just making it worse you know yeah it's oh god um who wrote this one oh uh, bruce schneier who is one of the leading journalists on on security he's an author he's a blogger he wrote he wrote a couple great pieces that are all going to be in the show notes that would be grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 24 if you want to get all the show notes uh, he just wrote, the U.S. government has betrayed the Internet. We need to take it back. Yes. And it's a, it's a wonderful piece on uh, basically engineers need to step up and fix it. <laughs> he, also wrote, he also wrote a great piece on um, a guide to staying secure from the NSA. <laughs> so all the tools that he's using to basically make it harder. He's like, from reading, he got to read some of the Snowden docs and he said, look, if they want to get into your computer – they they're will. getting into your computer. That's it. You've got no no defenses. So he went out and bought a computer that has never been connected to the internet <laughs> and transfers stuff via flash drive back and forth. But he lists a bunch of tools that are actually pretty good tools um, to use. Don't use any uh, private company encryption like right. PGP. You know, yep. anything that's closed source, everything needs to be open sourced. And he, he even talks about different types of al- like cryptographic algorithms that you can use yeah. that are better than others because the NSA is pushing for one type of algorithm, which they've obviously already figured out the, the cracks <laughs> on. Yeah. Um, it's, there's just so much stuff coming out. It's crazy. It's crazy making. And the one thing that I got to say is I have flipped my opinion of Snowden 180 degrees. I think he's a great fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, what he, I think now that I see the scope of what they've done, yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm glad he did what he did. Remember when we were talking about Lanier's book and, and about how there was this alternate idea to the internet that would have ownership and and, and dual connections back and forth, and, and then we both said, yeah, but it's never going to fucking happen because you can't rebuild the internet. Now we have a reason to rebuild the internet. Yeah, I, <laughs> definitely. I think. Um, well, they're meeting on uh, God. Tim Berners-Lee and a bunch of the guys are meeting on the future of the internet, and they're talking about baking a lot of security and encryption into the underlying standards. Yeah. 
So hopefully the NSA isn't going to be invited to that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. it can be it can it can remain an open discussion. That would be and, nice. Yeah, so hopefully we can you know come out of this. Yeah, I mean, okay, bad guys will be able to chat. You know <laughs> what? I want to be able to chat too and yeah. do whatever the fuck I want and not have anybody listening to it because that's it's just I know that it's a privilege, not a right. Like when you get your driver's license, and that could be the same way with the internet. But it's still, it's this is a complicated, complicated topic, and I just think what they're doing has gone way beyond what should be done. Especially like having strong arming companies to put in back doors to encryption, yeah, encryption algorithms is inherently dangerous for everybody because <laughs> whoever knows about that, they get fired, they quit, they still know that. Yeah, you can't. Nope. You don't unknow your back doors and and all that sort of stuff. But and and it just it is it's a fundamental breakdown of what security is supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. not security. Yeah. If there's a hole in it, it's not secure. That means it's not secure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's fucking common sense. So yeah, it's uh, it's not good stuff. So I'm going to put in all these links in the show notes. And if you have a Mac, there's a really cool article from MacWorld that I found today called. Uh, how the NSA snoop proofs its Macs. Yeah. Basically what they do to, to keep their Macs safe. And it's an older one for Snow Leopard, but uh, Macworld, fortunately, has gone through and updated it for Mountain Lion. So <laughs> I don't know if it'll work with Mavericks, which is coming out in October, the new uh, uh, Mac operating system. But yeah. there's uh, stuff you can do now. And I'm going to go through there and get my, my laptop definitely up to speed and, and my desktop. And for people who don't want to read the article... The one cool takeaway that I got from this when I was reading it this morning was never uh, check email or surf the web as the admin account on your computer. Yeah. Which is just – it's so such a simple idea that I never thought of. It's like, oh, duh. <laughs> because if, if, you're, if your machine gets owned, they only have the privileges of that user. Right. So they can't like take over the whole machine. I mean it's like a subset of – the machine. So you have a separate admin account that runs your machine for upgrades and all that stuff, and then you have just your user user, which you do for all your daily stuff. It's, it's, it's a cool little tip. Yeah, simple enough to think about. Um, I, I read a bit through the Mac thing, and it was just like, wow, if you did all this stuff, I mean, just everything that you try to do on your day-to-day basis becomes so much harder. <laughs> I don't know if it but, does that. I, I don't I'm, that. You know, we're lazy, so that's the thing. I'm not lazy. What the hell are you talking about? You're not about? lazy. You will probably do all this stuff. I will probably yeah. not. I've done a lot. Actually, I had, had, had done a lot of it before I read the article. It's <laughs> stuff I normally do. And yeah. I, run a pro, I run a program on my Mac called Little Snitch, yeah. which basically alerts me whenever any program tries to access the network, period. Yeah. So I run that as well, and I keep my eye on that. So thus far, I've been okay. Anyways. Uh, so there's yeah. this other <laughs> – now, there's this other crazy article. It's uh, called, Do You Know Where You'll Be 285 Days From Now at 2 p.m.? I love this, <laughs> and this is this is what like I think we got into this a bit when when we were talking to Doctor Doctor Teeter. Um, big data, big data is scary, and this is why big data is super scary. We're human beings; we are creatures of habit, and uh, you get enough data together from enough people, and you put together some data points, and you have a big enough sample, you can pretty much predict what people are going to be doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I find this crazy that that. Microsoft is doing this. This, this is uh, oh, formerly Microsoft, um, but these are researchers who are just yeah. doing it for shits and giggles. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's for money in the long term. But it's like, guys, go outside, get a life, tr- quit trying to figure out where I'm going to be. Go be somewhere. Leave me alone. There's there's money in this, Jason. <laughs> there's big there's money big in money. this. 
<laughs> yep. It's uh, yeah, just these predictive algorithms are are kind of crazy, creepy. <laughs> Foursquare tells me I'm going to check in somewhere in 25 minutes. Oh, I better get a move on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I mean, it starts to. It, it, <laughs> I don't want to be like too philosophical about it, but I mean, this starts to get into the whole question of free will. You know, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I would have been stoned when I would have read this article, I'd probably still be sitting here going, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great article. It's a really interesting read. Uh, it ties really into the security stuff and just concerns about privacy. And, and we are just rapidly heading into a world where not only will they know what we have done, what we are doing, but they're starting to figure out what we will be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, you know, and here the title of the paper is "Far Out: Predicting Long-Term Human Mobility." Yeah, <laughs> but far out, dude. Yeah. Now, oh my God, the equations on this thing are insane. So definitely check out the article, and if you just want to make your brain hurt, look yeah. at the paper that's linked there. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Oh, I wish I'd have studied more in math class. I know what we're discovering is it's all math. Everything yeah. is math. Math. <laughs> Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it's just one of those things where it's, oh, I don't know, man. Just come on, guys. Stop it. All right. I'm just getting way too bummed out now. Let's take a break and come back with something that isn't about how our lives are destroyed. Okay. So one of my favorite bands out of Chicago, like one of the old punk bands was Screeching Weasel, like mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite bands. The guitarist for that band was John Jughead. John Jughead, when Screeching Weasel broke up, started a band called Even in Blackouts, which is basically an acoustic pop punk band. They're okay. amazing. The uh, they broke up, uh, I think, two thousand nine. We okay. went to their we went to their house and they did uh, these parties, like these going out of business parties. Basically, they recorded them and, and did a little record of it. But the point of this is, go check it out because you can get their first album for free. Now oh, he, he released nice. he, he just gave away the album on the on their their blogspot account he's just like here's the album take right. it and i love them they are fun uh the first the first album has a bunch of cool punk rock covers on it it's just it's a great little listen it's like i said it's acoustic the uh, i can't remember the girl's name who's the singer um john and her are like kind of lead singers they both right. sing but she's got an amazing voice it's just fun 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 go listen to that while you're thinking <laughs> about the nsa <laughs> Because it's all, it's all about being able to perform when there's no power. Because power <laughs> went out and they just like, oh, even in blackouts, we can play. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to check yeah. it out. Yeah. Get it now before the internet turns off. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and write the NSA and say you're downloading it. Just, you know, tip them off a little bit. Help them out. Somebody, they already know. They don't have to go they, through a database and look for it. They already know that you're going <laughs> to download it. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm going to have to check this out. I mean, you've talked a lot about uh, your Chicago uh, scene that you came up in and there's a lot of good stuff in there, so I'm definitely going to give this a listen. Yeah, I'm going to dig it out. I took a video at the last show and edited it, and I think it's on YouTube somewhere. So if I can find it, because <laughs> I lose things on the internet all the time, um, you I'll, post it in the sh- I'll, post, I'll post it in the show notes. Um, well, that would break my data cap. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was their last – they did three last shows, and I was at the first one. And uh, they even yell at Bob, our, our lovely voiceover specialist, because he was talking too much. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put that in. It's fun, and uh, our buddy uh, or my buddy Jason Shoop from San Francisco uh, gave me the heads up on this. So thank you, Mister Shoop. 
Very nice. Um, I actually don't have anything new, just due to travel and and work stuff. I haven't listened to anything that I've I've really enjoyed. Uh, you know, I did the Ruby thing the other week, um, but since I had to wake up at seven in the morning to uh, launch something for Coldplay today, Coldplay has a new single. Um, it's about as far from punk as you can get. Coldplay <laughs> yeah, in general, <laughs> and uh, you say what you will about Coldplay, and God fucking knows I used to a lot. Uh, they used to be my whipping boy band, but uh, I've been working with them for a few years now. I've got to say I've liked their last two albums quite a bit, Viva La Vida and uh, and uh, Milo Zilato. So both of those were really good. Um, they put out a new song today called Atlas. Uh, it's the first single from the uh, upcoming Hummer, Hunger Games sequel, Catching Fire soundtrack. It's a good- <laughs> I think Hummer Games would be, uh, that's the porn version. <laughs> Hummer Games. I want, somebody's probably made that. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a nice little track. There's a cute little uh, lyric video up on the site right now. And, uh, you know, go give it a listen. Why not? If you always thought Coldplay was a piece of shit, eh, go give it a chance. Yeah, I, I pretty much, they were my whipping boy, too. And then when you started working with them, I listened to them. It's like, it's not generally my cup of tea, but it's not bad. I, uh, I, I, can, I can keep them on the background. And, I, I quite like the last two albums. And, and if you've never seen them live, what a hell of a show. You got to give them that, if nothing else. I'm, my God, they do a great concert. Yeah, I didn't. I've never been to a show, but I saw your um, iBook that you did for them with all the footage in it. They yeah. put on a damn big show. Yeah, they do. It's a big fuck off crazy show, and and it's pretty damn good. So uh, go check them out live. Well, they're not touring anytime soon. You'll be the first to know. Well, after me, because I have to put the dates in a database. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the life we live. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have something. Uh, there's a couple bands that I know of that have some stuff coming out, but I can't say anything about it yet. So maybe next week I'll have a little something for this segment. Out. So just to kind of wrap up the NSA stuff, the the reason I, I mentioned the tools and all that stuff was even though that they can basically read anything they want, that doesn't yep. mean you need to make it easy for them. So <laughs> that's that's seriously it. If you really care about it, you're not going to win, but you can make it harder for them. Slow them down. But the, the point is that Frank Church, who was uh, a senator back in the 70, in 1975, said this. The capability at any time could be turned around on the American people and no American would have any privacy left. Such is the capability to monitor, monitor everything. Telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. Yep. There would be no place to hide. This was in 1975. <laughs> Look what they can do now, you know. So, I am. I will probably keep up on this because I, I am very, you know, focused on this topic right now because it just creeps me out. It's not what we should be doing, honestly. No. So, and, and you know, as as grumpy old geeks, we've been with this technology since we were kids. And uh, I posted something on my Facebook a couple of nights ago just about how sad it makes me to see the way things are playing out. And, and all this technology that has changed our lives in amazing ways is just being used in such horrible ways by our governments, by big corporations. It's, it's sad. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So right. let's, uh, let's, like I said, I'm, I don't want to get too big of a downer on it, but it, it, does, <laughs> it definitely bums me out that this is going on. And hopefully... With all the attention that's coming to bear on it, things will change. And that is what's changed my mind about Snowden as well. I mean, I still don't necessarily agree with everything, but seeing how much stuff is going on and the fact that there's so much attention being paid to it right now, that is worth everything that he did. Because yeah, at absolutely. least people know now, people are researching it, people are looking into it. So, you know, do what 
if you want to do what Jason does and, and make things hard, uh, you can do my altruistic route that won't work at all and write your congressman and tell them that the intertubes are broken and uh, <laughs> get get your ear off my end of the intertube. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to keep talking about it. That's for sure. Yep. So I got a couple things I want to throw out real quick. Yep. Uh, one of the great places I get some of my some of my links from is my old buddy Om Malik. He runs Giga. Or he founded Giga Ohm, uh, you know, a big news organization up in San Francisco. Now he's doing fantastic. I am so proud of him. He's I, he's a great guy. I met him way back, and he's got a blog at ohm.co. Om just not ohm uh, om.co, and he just does a post every now and again called uh, "What I'm Reading Today." That's Excellent. it, and he posts some of the best links that you're going to find anywhere to read. Period. <laughs> Great stuff, and uh, I recommend just getting whatever news feeder still works, <laughs> news reader still works. <laughs> yes, and throwing throwing them in your RSS feed because he posts some good good stuff. So check him out, and uh, uh, will do. One of the other things that's it, as a domainer, a uh, guy who owns uh, lots and lots of domains. Yes. My, my go-to registrar for, God, over 10 years now has been Dotster. Cause and they I'm were still there. <laughs> they, were, they were great in the beginning, and I think everybody's just gone now. So I've been moving everything to Hover, okay. which is basically a branch of two cows. It's actually started by the guy, uh, Ross Rader, who bought uh, my company, Blog Rolling, from me. Oh. So. Uh, well, I haven't talked to them in years, so this is not any kind of nepotism or whatever. They just run a damn good service. So I'm moving everything over the, over to them, and uh, we're not getting any kind of advertising money or anything from there. That's just It's just a good service that I am loving to death. Free, um, Actually, free valet service. So you can just write them an email and say, here's the login account for my registrar. Uh, can you go get all my domains and move them to you? And they will do it for you for free. Oh, there, done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, built-in uh, domain uh, privacy. Like at Dotster, it costs you three bucks a year. Or any registrar now, they, they get you on all the upsells because the margins are, are so small. Yeah. Um, it's free at Hover. You get free domain privacy. Excellent. It's great. I, I will have to make that switch. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I loved, I've loved. i used Dotster for years, love them too. Uh, the process of doing anything with them now is a nightmare. The upsells are all over the place. It's just frustrating these days. So Yeah, and I mean, I found them. This, this is the, the weird story about Dotster and how I found them. They're Canadian, oh, right? They're, or they're right. right on the border of Canada, so they, <laughs> they, they toggle. Um, <laughs> they toggle. <laughs> the first day that you could get... Uh, Overs, or it was basically when they opened up registrars from anybody with net, except Network Solutions. Remember when you could only buy domains through Network Solutions yeah. way back in the early oh, days? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. This was the first day that you could get other registrars to buy domains, which means you could get domains with the seven dirty words. <laughs> so you could get domains with fuck in them. Right. And I registered <laughs> and you three did. domains with fuck, with Dotster, and I've been with them ever since. I still have one left. I have one left. I sold the other two for a gargantuan amount of money, and I have one left. I have fucko.com. Oh, yes. I, I will keep that forever. I think I still have an email address you set up for me with that. No, it got dumped. Oh, okay. I, moved, I moved a couple times. But uh, if you want it back, I can set you up. But No, nah, yeah. it's okay. I'm good. I, I, I had a lot of friends who wanted fucko.com email addresses. It was very strange. I should have turned it into turned it into a service. I tried to register it with uh, Google Apps, but they wouldn't let me because it had a, dotty, a naughty word in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's, yeah. again, why I can't have a Google chip in my brain. I like my naughty words. Yeah, seriously. I, I, that's right. You can't search for porn on Google Glass, can you? Uh, no. I think they're trying to block all that, which is, you know, whatever. We don't need overseers, people. We can take care of ourselves. The net was great when it was free. Keep it that way. <laughs> and that's a good note to go out on. Later. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks, or email them at podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida!